Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Guyana's President Ali Jadigo directed Stayburg Block Partners to accelerate oil development, Hess Boss says. Jamaica's West Indies Petroleum Limited confident it will close on sale of refinery in U.S. Virgin Islands. U.S. expands interview waivers for certain non-immigrant Caribbean visa applicants. St. Martin moving forward for changes to the civil code to reduce periods for short-term contracts, extend maternity leave, and introduce paternity leave. Bahamas seeks Cuban medical help. Ohio 911 operators travel to U.S. Virgin Islands to assist as 90% of local dispatchers out sick with COVID-19. Scared optimistic Dominica will be removed from European Union's tax non-compliance list in 2022. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Monday, January 10th. We start a report today in Guyana. Crowder News reports that Hess Corporation Chief Executive Officer, CEO John Hess, recently noted that the Guyana government, particularly President Irfram Ali and Vice President Bharat Jagdigo, gave clear instructions for oil development at Straber Block to be accelerated. During the recent Goldman Sachs conference, Hess said both Dr. Ali and Jagdio are very pro-business, while adding that their belief is that Guyana has a right to develop its resources. He said so far the government has been a very good partner to the Straber Block Partners. Given the relationship between the two, has said the partners are keen to work towards helping Guyana with the management of its oil wealth. During the same Goldman Sachs Global Energy and Clean Technology Conference 2022, the Hess boss said the support is being provided by Michael Porter of the Harvard Business School, who is part of a team in Georgetown for a project called the Guyana Development Initiative. Crider News understands that Porter is an American academic known for his theories on economics, business strategy, and social causes. Furthermore, Porter is the Bishop William Lawrence University professor at Harvard Business School, and he was one of the founders of the consulting firm The Monitor Group, now part of Deloitte and FSG, a social impact consultancy. He is also credited for creating Porter's Five Forces Analysis, which is instrumental in business strategy development today. Expounding further, Hess said the development plan will help Guyana enhance its human capital through healthcare and education and its infrastructure. Already, Hess disclosed that it is partnering with Exxon also to provide support to help Guyana build an electric plant using natural gas that has been discovered in the Straybrook block. We will also look to build their national capital to manage this oil wealth and hopefully 
5 to 10 from now, we will be looking at Guyana as a role model for how to develop resources responsibly expressed to Hess Foss. In the meantime, Hess said that the Strayberg Block partners remain focused on fully understanding the exploration potential of the offshore resources in the Guyana Basin, which he described as having industry-leading production costs and world-class reservoirs. Jamaica Loop News reports that after recently winning an auction for the refinery base in St. Croix, U.S. Virgin Islands, Jamaica's West Indies Petroleum Limited says it will successfully close the sale and pursue strategic investments in the refinery. The auction won by the West Indies Petroleum Limited with its bid of 62 million U.S. dollars took place in the United States Bankruptcy Court for the Southern District of Texas in December 2021. West Indies Petroleum Limited in a press release said it intends to increase Lime Tree Bay's operating capacity to approximately 450,000 barrels per day, doubling the refinery's current facility. West Indies Petroleum Limited CEO Charles Chambers said West Indies Petroleum Limited is committed to successfully closing out the sale and moving towards maximizing the potential benefits that this refinery may have on improving not just local or regional, but also global energy security. West Indies Petroleum Limited expects that its investment in Lime Tree Bay Refinery. West Indies Petroleum Limited expects that its investment in Lime Tree Bay Refinery will eventually assist in reducing energy costs, in particular in St. Croix, where the refinery was upgraded to use LPG as its source of power generation. Our winning bid and attendant proposed major investment in the Lime Tree Bay Refinery has raised the prospects of West Indies Petroleum Limited, Chambers said. He noted that West Indies Petroleum Limited would leverage the investment to support the energy requirements of a raft of countries, including Puerto Rico, Trinidad and Tobago, Jamaica and sections of the United States. West Indies Petroleum Limited Senior Vice President Dan Bill Walker described the winning bid and accompanying strategic investment plans as potentially game-changing, not only for St. Croix, Jamaica, and the region, but a host of countries across the globe. West Indies Petroleum Limited has until January 21, 2022 to close the sale. The St. Kitts Nevis Observer reports that the United States Department of State has announced that consular offices in the Caribbean and other places are now temporarily authorized through December 31, 2022 to waive in-person interviews for certain individuals' petition-based non-immigrant work visas and their qualifying derivatives. The categories for the qualifying derivatives include person in specialty occupations, trainee or special education visitors, intra-company transferees, 
individuals with extraordinary ability or achievement, athletes, artists, and entertainers, and participants in international cultural exchange programs. Additionally, U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Bilkin has extended consular officers' current availability to waive the in-person interview through December 31, 2022 for other categories of non-immigrant visas, temporary agricultural and non-agricultural workers, and student exchange visitors. The authorization to waive the in-person interview for applicants renewing a visa in the same visa class within 48 months of the prior visa's expiration has been extended indefinitely. Embassies and consulates may require an in-person interview on a case-by-case basis and dependent upon local conditions, the U.S. State Department said. We encourage applicants to check embassies and consulate websites for more detailed information about this development, as well as current operating status and services. St. Martin Island Times reports that St. Martin changes in the civil code regarding short-term labor contracts, maternity and paternity leave, have been in the making since 2015. These changes were finally approved by Parliament on August 26, 2019. Upon investigation, it was revealed that this law was not published by government, which is necessary for the law to go into effect, said Member of Parliament. Parliament Sarah Westcott-Williams of the United Democrats in a recent statement. The MP explained that pointing this omission out to government only yielded the publication of a wrong version of the law, which had to be undone. The United Democrats' faction initiator of the amendments had provided the possibility for the government to establish the date of enactment of the changes by national decree. This was done in order to allow the relevant ministry to not only prepare for the enforcement, but also to allow for dialogue with social partners. Several inquiries led the minister recently to declare that his intention is to enact this law in the first quarter of 2022. Not to be faced with yet another setback, Westcott Williams said she is desirous of knowing as per when exactly this law will go into effect and posed the following questions to the minister. When will an English version of this civil code book be available? Have any further discussions been held with the social partners regarding the flexibilization of the labor market? What are the intentions of the government for flexibilization, if any? Is a more definite date in mind for the new labor book of the civil code? If so, when will this be? The MP also explained her request for an English version of the law as follows. If there is one law that should be easily and readily accessible to the community at large, it is, in my opinion, the civil code. I have the same view regarding the criminal code. These are laws that regulate an inordinate amount of matters that affects us in our daily lives and in our interactions with others. Changes should therefore be made available in the English language soonest. 
The St. Kitts Nevis Observer reports that the Bahamas and Cuba have signed an agreement for the recruitment of nurses from the communist island to fill vacancies in the Bahamian health system. Minister of Health and Wellness for the Bahamas, Dr. Michael Darville, and Minister of Public Health, Dr. Jose Angel Portal Miranda, signed a cooperation of agreement for emergency response to COVID-19 in Havana, Cuba on Saturday. Since the start of the pandemic, Cuba has sent medics from the Henry Reeb International Contingent to over 30 countries and territories across the Caribbean, Africa, Latin America, and Asia. Last week, the Bahamian government said it was recruiting 50 nurses from Cuba to work at the Princess Margaret Hospital in Nassau to help them with the treatment of COVID-19 patients. Over 60 Bahamian medical staff are currently infected with COVID-19 or under quarantine. In related news, the Virgin Islands Consortium reports that 911 operators from the state of Ohio last week were dispatched to the U.S. Virgin Islands to supplement the territory's emergency call centers as a number of local employees tested positive for COVID-19. With Omicron resulting in the highest infection rate in the U.S. Virgin Islands since the start of the pandemic, leading to 3,000 882 active infections as of Saturday. The rapid spread has affected businesses and public services. Most of the U.S. Virgin Islands 911 operators are out with the virus, effectively losing their ability to dispatch emergency services, according to News 5 Cleveland, which reported on the matter and interviewed Ohio 911 operators who have been dispatched to the territory. The Ohio group is part of the Telecommunicator Emergency Response Task Force, known as TURT, and it was the first time that the Ohio dispatched a TURT team to help with a faraway crisis, according to News 5 Cleveland. The U.S. Virgin Islands will reimburse the cost for the dispatchers' travel to the U.S. Virgin Islands, as well as their work in the territory, according to News 5 Cleveland. Dominica News Online reports that Dominica has expressed optimism as the European Union will remove this country from a list of non-corporative tax jurisdictions in 2022 during their next peer interview. In October 2021, Dominica, along with Antigua, Anguilla and Seychelles, was removed from the European Union list of non-corporative jurisdictions for tax purposes. All three had previously been placed on the list because they did not meet the European Union's tax transparency criteria of being ranked as at least largely complying by the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development Global Forum regarding the exchange of information on requests. The delisting was preceded by the forum's decision to grant these jurisdictions a supplementary review on this matter. 
pending the granted supplementary review, Dominica, Anguilla, and Seychelles were included in the State of Play document, which covers jurisdictions that do not yet comply with all international tax standards, but that have committed to implementing tax good governance principles. Prime Minister Roosevelt Skerritt is optimistic that Dominica's non-compliant status will be removed altogether this year. In an interview with state-owned DBS Radio, the Prime Minister said he did not agree with the EU's classification and believes that with government's preoccupation with the health and safety and well-being of its citizens during the pandemic, the action taken by the EU in October last year could have been deferred. He added that the EU has been very helpful by providing technical support and issuing a statement indicating that Dominica has been very cooperative. Skerritt said, we are taking action. As you know, we've always maintained that we take our responsibility as a nation very seriously, and the security of other nations is one of our priorities. He said the government will do everything necessary to ensure that Dominica continues to play its part in maintaining this secured international space and will continue to work with the EU. Twice a year, the Council reviews its list of non-corporative jurisdictions and accompanying state-of-play document. This practice was established in 2017 to promote global good governance in taxation and inform member states on which non-European Union jurisdictions engage in abusive tax practices. They can then employ defensive measures to protect their tax revenues and fight against tax fraud, evasion, and abuse. A ceremony to hand over the solar photovoltaic power generation plant with battery and building energy management systems at the CARICOM Secretariat will be held on Tuesday, January 11th at 1 p.m. Atlantic Standard Time. President of Guyana, His Excellency Dr. Mohammed Ifran Ali, will deliver the keynote address at the ceremony, which will also be live streamed on Facebook and YouTube. The 400-kilowatt solar generation project on the foregrounds of the Secretariat was undertaken through a $17.8 million U.S. grant agreement between the governments of Guyana and Japan, $700 million U.S. of which was earmarked for the project. The transformation of the foreground of the Secretariat included mounting of more than 1,500 solar panels, setting up servers and batteries, building a carport and allotting space for educational recreational activities. Panels and other equipment were installed in the building, and staff were trained to man the operations. The building is expected to get all of its energy from solar-based sources on a majority of its operating days. Overall, the Secretariat is expected to have a net zero energy balance on the basis of the fact that there will be available excess energy. 
that excess can provide power to the national grid during its off-peak operations. It is anticipated that the benefits the Secretariat will derive from the project will serve as an example of the transformation that can occur in public buildings across the region and, by extension, an example of how the region can utilize the renewable energy resources at its disposal to move towards greater energy efficiency and resilience. Global Newswire reports that Asuras Pharmaceuticals Corporation announced the signing of an agreement with Verity Pharmaceuticals or Verity Farmer for the exclusive right to promote Natesto in Puerto Rico. Verity Pharma is a privately owned pharmaceutical company with offices in Canada, the United States, and Ireland that specializes in providing innovative market-leading pharmaceutical products to patients across North America. Under the terms of the agreement, Verity Farmer will promote Natesto across the island of Puerto Rico, leveraging its existing commercial footprint and healthcare network. Aceras will maintain control of distribution, market access, and regulatory activities on the island of Puerto Rico. Verity Farmer is extremely pleased with the addition of Natesto to the Puerto Rico healthcare system. Natesto has significant value to patients suffering from hypogonadism, a condition where the gonads fail to function properly, leading to reduced or no sex hormones. If left untreated, it can lead to complications like cardiovascular disease, osteoporosis, depression, and even Alzheimer's disease. Aceras Pharmaceuticals Corporation is a Canadian-based specialty pharmaceutical company focused on the commercialization and development of innovative prescription products that improve patient experience with a primary focus on the field of men's health. The company commercializes its products via its own sales force in the United States and Canada and through a global network of licensed distributors in other territories. Trinidad and Tobago Newsday reports that after a long time of cooking, nine years in the food industry and fighting his way to the top, Trinidad and Tobago chef Ryul Vincent is ready to show what he's got. And he decided to do so on celebrity chef Gordon Ramsay's newest reality TV cooking show, Next Level Chef. Vincent, 34, is one of two Trinis on the show, which premiered on January 2nd on Fox. The competition takes 15 contestants and splits them into three teams with one mentor each. In each challenge, the teams are randomly selected to work in each of the three kitchens, stacked on top of one another. A bare-bones kitchen called the basement, a standard commercial kitchen in the middle, and a state-of-the-art kitchen at the top. The last team standing will win $250,000 U.S. as the grand prize. Early in 2021, a friend saw an advertisement for Next Level Chef on Instagram and passed it on to him. Since at that time he was working from home because of COVID-19, he decided to apply. 
Vincent works at Aspire, a private event venue at One World Observatory, at the top of One World Trade Center, New York City. So he had to take vacation to film the episodes. Vincent lives in Brooklyn, but is from Shangri Grande. His maternal grandmother and great grandmother, as well as his father, loved to cook and taught him. What they knew. When asked if he integrates TNT flavors on the show, he replied, "All I can say is strap in. It's gonna be a good one." And finally, BahamaNews.net reports that America's talk show host Oprah Winfrey is producing a documentary at Apple about the cinematic trailblazer Cindy Portier, who died last Thursday at the age of 94. The Hollywood Reporter confirmed that the project will be executive produced by Oprah Winfrey, and Reginald Hudlin will direct. Reportedly, the upcoming Apple original film on the screen legend has been under production with the participation of the Portier family for more than a year. The film will release from Winfrey's Harpo Productions and Network Entertainment. Portier died on Thursday night at the age of 94. Among his many achievements was becoming the first black man to win the Academy Award for Best Actor, when he was recognized for Lilies of the Field on April 13, 1964. Portier was an inspiration to many. The Bahamian actor has played several pivotal roles in some of the most iconic Hollywood movies. His notable work includes *Defiant Ones*, *Porgy and Bess*, *Raisin in the Sun*, *Paris Blues*, and many more. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean Caribbean News Roundup for Monday, January 10th. I'm Keisha Wallace, thanking you for choosing Pulse of the Caribbean Caribbean News Roundup as your source for Caribbean-centered news right here Monday through Friday. Be sure to spread the word to family, friends, and associates. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com and be sure to like and follow us on Facebook. Now, Meta. <music>